Greetings, Internet listeners. This is Mr. Announcer with The Complacence Podcast. The Complacence originally aired from September 1995 to June 1996, live on WNUR-FM, Evanston, Illinois. And now, Episode 4 of The Complacence. The cast is all present and accounted for, and the battle between Johnny Angelo and Gunner intensifies. Plus, the curtain is welcomed into the Major League Super Crime Busters until his past secret identity is discovered. The next voice you hear is coming to you from October 21st, 1995. It's The Complacence, starring The Complacence. Fred, give me another beer. One beer, root flavored, coming up. I can't believe how long this insurance guy has taken. How long has he been in there with Fig? I'm not sure. I'm also not sure it's a good idea for them to have their little chat in the very recording booth that, not so very long ago, proved to be the bane of us all. Bane of us all? We're gonna get rich off that mopped-up airhead Schlemiel's goof-up if he goes the way I think. Let's listen in. But the booth, the booth is soundproof. Now, Fig, as I understand this, you were in the recording booth and your associates couldn't get you out. That's correct, Mr. Insurance Inspector. And and at a later time, well, that is to say, later that very same day, would you say it was the same day, Fig? Uh, I don't know. I was inside. So you were inside the recording booth? I think so. And this uh, hypothetical recording booth that you think you were in was locked? Yeah, I locked myself in. You locked yourself in? Well, you see, I was playing with my Narfi Super Ball. Uh, by Narfi, and Gunner really hates it when the ball, like, you know, bounces around the studio and narfs him in the nads or wherever. So I come in here and lock the door so the ball doesn't get out. In the nads. I see. And and why do you have to lock the door to prevent said, um, let's see, Narfi Super Ball by Narfi from escaping? Oh, jeez, mister. It can narf that door right off its hinges sometimes. I've never seen narfing like it. Uh, and following that incident, when you... Knew- inadvertently trapped yourself in the corporeal sense within the confines of said booth. You subsequently trapped yourself within the confines of some sort of cabinet? Yeah, in the cabinet. In the corpuscular sense only, of course. And why was that? Because my mind was still free, man. No. Why did you enter the cabinet? Well, I set this really killer spin on the Narfi, right? And she's slamming all over the booth. And just popping and whizzing and jerry hairy cat frizzing. I almost beat my pants one time. And then, like some proverbial bitch of yore, like some unfaithful sidewalk slut, like a shrieking, popping, narping Hester Prynne, right into the consarn cabinet. And so sub- subsequently you entered the cabinet to retrieve your bitch and were inadvertently trapped again. Well, I figured what's good enough for the narfi is good enough for me. So I jumped in and shut the door and we just chilled in there until the air ran out. You were deprived of oxygen? Oh, did I say air? I meant potato chips. That's where we keep the chips, in the cabinet. Uh, we just munched on chippies and constipated our navels. Man, if I couldn't have potato chips, I'd, I'd only eat fluff. And after your period of 
constipation you were rescued. Yeah, that new secretary, uh, Aladdin, she rubbed her magic lamp or whatever and found the keys of the booth. And the problem of uh, the cabinet? Yeah, the other guys hauled the whole shindig up to the roof and dropped me 40 dizzying floors of the pavement below. The cabinet's okay, but I banged my elbow. Want to see? Absolutely not. Apparently, then, the only damage you suffered physically as a result of this debacle was an elbow contusion. An elbow what? Uh, no, I said I banged my elbow. Yes, I can see that this interview is at an end. If we decide on a settlement, you'll be contacted. I wouldn't hold out hope. Oh, okay. Say, what's wrong? Uh, this door out of the booth appears to be locked. Uh-oh. Um, Mr. Creamsicle? Mr. Creamsicle, wake up. They're trapped in the booth. What? Where? Fred! Where the hell you been, you hoser? Come here. Oh, come here. Cut it out, Mr. Creamsicle. This is serious. They can't get out of the booth. Yeah, Fred. I'd say be drunk. Drunk. But I know when to say where. Here's my keys, man. You be the designated driver. Great. There's a key to the booth on here. Booth? Where's the TARDIS? Doctor. Doctor Quick. Daleks. One angry insurance investigator and a cup of Fred's special wake-up juice later. So we didn't get hoodly twat. Man, how come insurance scams never work like on Matlock? I don't know, but that guy sure was P.O.'d. Hey, Fred, I got a new idea for an album title. Really? Pitch it to me. Use your contusion too. The corpuscles burst. Hmm, I hate it. Hell, lighten up. Hey, I'll ask Johnny and Gunner what they think. Hey, where's Johnny and Gunner? They're in Studio B, recording the final dubs on Sarajevo Sunset. What? How could they be finishing Sarajevo Sunset? I was supposed to play accordion on that song. Oh, well, I think Michelle decided we should go with a more gothic feel or something. Michelle? Who's Michelle? Oh, boy, you missed a lot there, Zaley. Permit me to fill you in. First, Johnny Angelo comes walking in the studio, saying he's met the girl of his dreams. Hey, fellas, I just met the girl of my dreams. Uh, which dream? The one where your feet are like cement, or the one where you're a white-haired lesbian girl? Neither. The one with the girl who has corduroy jeans and who won't return my affection. Should have gone for the lesbian one. It's too late now. She's real and I gotta have her. And I'll do everything I can to win her affections. Even if it means playing nothing but love bells to the woman I love from now on. No. Oh, wow. Sounds like Gunner was none too happy about that decision. Oh, let me assure you, he was not. In the meantime, I was trying to find the keys to the booth so I could let you out of there. Where are those Giagadagan keys? Nice switch. Thanks. I know I left them somewhere on my desk. I didn't have them. I didn't have them. I filled them just like you told me to. Wait a minute. Who's that? That's a lettuce. What? I mean... I, I mean, that's that's not a lettuce. She's a secretary I hired while you were in the booth. You hired a secretary? Does that mean you won't need me to pick up your pencils when you drop them? Oh, uh, well, no one does that quite like you, Fig. But anyway, as I was saying... Well, I need to find those keys! Who are you talking to just then? Uh, nobody, baby. Don't you worry about it. Oh, but sometimes I can't help but worry. 
In this big old crazy world, I only feel safe in your arms. And I only feel safe in your legs. I'd like to present you with a duffel bag full of free candy and a million screaming Valkyries. Hey, Adrian, you're telling it wrong. Sorry, the lines were getting really blurred there. Let me tell you what really happened. Adrian fired Alanis for poor color coordination, and then he went off to take care of some other business. Hey, since Adrian's gone and he's got no secretary, I think I'll do him a favor and clean out his desk. Do you think it's a good idea to rearrange his desk without telling him? Sure, it'll be a big surprise. So that's why I can't find a single damn thing on my desk. Oops, there goes the surprise. Come on, guys, do you have to tell me every little thing that happened? Skip to the important stuff. Okay, well, Gunner decided to have a talk with Johnny about their artistic differences. You know, Johnny, you shouldn't be wasting your time on this glib bubblegum garbage. If you want to win her heart, then sing to her about the pain she's putting you through. And you're putting me through enough already. Can't you just give me the short version? Oh, well, Johnny went to the forest glade just like Gunner said, and he sang the song and made the girl, Michelle, fall in love with him. Now she hangs around with him all the time, even in the studio, and she keeps telling Johnny and Gunner how she thinks they should be recording her songs. Oh, well, that sounds like that part might have been interesting to hear. The Complacents will be right back after these messages. Winter might be knocking on your door, but things are just heating up at Tom Fooleries, the West Suburbs' number one club for live music. Tom, Tom Fooleries. Tuesday nights are hot, 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 with classics from the 50s, 60s, and 70s from Danny Jr. and the GTOs, plus $1 long neck. Tom, Tom Fooleries. Wednesday sizzle with 100% Jamaican reggae from Shaba Grabowski and the Rocksteady Connection. Tom Fooleries. Thursday night is ladies' night. Ladies drink for free all night long, but guys won't want to miss out on the action either. Sure, it's an $8 cover and there's no music whatsoever, but the chicks are pretty tipsy by 2 a.m. if you get my drift. Tom Fooleries. Fridays, we turn up the heat with high-energy rock and roll from Spectrum and 50-cent cases of Zima. Tom Fooleries. And Saturday nights, don't forget your suntan lotion because it's Tom Fooleries legendary modern rock beach party. Cracked Rear View plays your favorite alternative rock hits downstairs, while DJ Samantha Raven spins the latest in techno and industrial music upstairs until 4 a.m. Tom Foolery. So when the wintertime blues hit, hit them right back. Come on out to Tom Foolery's and get laid by 35-year-olds as desperate as you. Tom Foolery's just off the East-West Tollway in Naperville across from the Shoney's Inn. And now, back to more fun and excitement with The Complacence. So, where's this new girl? I'd like to meet her. She's right here. Fig, meet Alanis. Alanis, meet Fig. Nice to meet you, Fig. Nice to meet you too, Alanis, but I meant the other new girl. He means Johnny's new ball and chain, Michelle. Oh, her. Ah, uh, well, she must be off somewhere with Johnny. 
I don't care where she is as long as she's not in the studio interfering with our projects. Wait, so you rehired Alanis? Well, I needed to fix the mess on my desk left by Tuan Guan over there. I was just trying to be a nice guy. Some nice guy you are. I still can't find my stress squeezer thingamahoocher. Well, I'm sure not your stress squeezer thingamahoocher, so get, take your hand off my rear end right now. What are you talking about? My hand ain't on your behind. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that must be mine. I must have mistook you for lotion. Oh, well, you're not my employer, so it's okay if you keep it there. But I really need lotion. Damn it all. We're ready for the vocal tracks. I'm tired of waiting. Fred, go find Johnny. I'll go look, but I'm kind of afraid what I'm going to see. Meanwhile, on Adrian Creamsicle's desk... Oh, Johnny! Oh, Michelle, it is certainly a good thing that Gunnar cleaned off Mr. Creamsicle's desk so we could make rough love upon it. Oh, Johnny! Yes, my hostess cupcake? How do I compare with all the other women you've had? It's ten times better now, baby, because I'm in love. Oh, Johnny! Uh, listen, my little fruit pie... We better stop here and, and now before someone comes in and gets a gander at us. Besides, Mr. Creamsicle's desk needs a sanding. I'm starting to get splinters in my elbows. No, Johnny, don't stop. Sorry, my cream-filled ho-ho, but we gotta stop. There's someone out there who wants to come in. Hello? hello? Great honk! You surprised the living stuff out of me. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Did you say come in? Say, you don't look offended at all. Who are you anyway, boy? Oh, uh, my name is Blind, yeah. I, I used to work over at uh, Kwanzaa Hut Pizza. Well, uh, a few days ago, the general fired me for not saluting, and I saw you guys play and wondered if you needed a roadie. Blindy, huh? Oh, Johnny. What was that? Oh, Johnny's my name. If you want to be a roadie, you'll have to talk to our manager, Mr. Adrian Creamsicle. He's probably in the studio right now. That's the seventh door on the left. No, uh, fourth. Oh, I can't remember. But it's a bright purple doll with the word studio painted above it in bright colors. Okay, well, thanks. I, I guess I'll find it. Bye now. Woo! That was a close call. We better decent-size ourselves, Michelle, before someone who might see us comes in. Uh, uh, come in. Hello, what are you two doing in here? Uh, Johnny and I were just discussing the lyrics to Let There Be Love, Let Love Bring Children. On top of Mr. Creamsicle's desk? Yeah! Uh, no, we were making love on top of Mr. Creamsicle's desk. I guess that's no less than what I expected. Anyway, they need you in the studio, Johnny. And wherever I'm needed, Michelle is needed. I don't know, Johnny. I don't think your friends like me or my ideas very much. Nonsense, my dried flower. They love you almost as much as I do. Seconds later... Hey, fellas, sorry we're late. Me and Michelle were... otherwise... occupied. We don't want to know. Well, if it isn't the woman I hate most of all, Michelle. Michelle Fig. Fig Michelle. Pleased to take your acquaintance. Charmed, I'm sure. What do you play again? I play accordion and auto harp and mellophone, but only on the really romantic songs. No, that just won't do at all. Can I learn how to play the corabasson? But that sounds like duck flatulence. I'm sorry, but your current instrumentation will not do at all. Say, what song were we just working on? Farrah can't. I just laid down the guitar, bass, drums, saxophones, sitar, clavicle, and chimera, and we're waiting for your vocals. Hey, no problem. I love the vocals to that song. No, you don't. No, I don't. I hate the vocals to that song. But you wrote them. Oh, Johnny, you did? I must have been drunk. 
They're so flat and unmelodic. Gunna, those vocals are so flat and unmelodic. I must have been drunk. No, you were just being more creative than usual. Don't listen to her. She's warping your mind. Gee, well, I, uh... Johnny, I know what's best for you. And Gunner, don't appreciate your cheap... I don't appreciate your cheap accusations. Well, we don't care much for your 22-piece symphony orchestra. Johnny, this... this slacker just insulted my friends. Do something about it. Jump it, you hippies! Don't spur him on to a rational physical combat, Michelle. Sorry, Mr. Creamsicle, but Gunner has it coming. Ain't nobody insults the associates of the lady of my life and walks away without a severe pain in his behind. Take your best shot, Goober. Go on. I'm not going to lose my musical integrity. Oh, Johnny, hit him. He just called you Goober. Actually, that was a childhood nickname of mine. Brought back some fond memories. Mind if I share them now? Johnny, stay focused. Yeah, you were just about to tell your self-righteous bimbo girlfriend here that we don't need her musical ideas. We don't need your... Hey, that's not what I was about to do, you big liar. I was about to whoop your ass. Jump it, you haberdashers. We gotta calm down. Atlantis, go find my tranquilizer gun. It should be on top of my top drawer. No, my bottom drawer. Oh, crisscross Christ on the charge. I don't know which drawer it's in. Okay, I'll go look for it. Fred, go with her and help her find it. And I'm in a hookah, hurry. I'm coming for you, you string-clicking, nose-picking grunge eater. Go ahead, you bad insulter. I think that I should interject now. What? Well, maybe we should try to talk the problem out. I mean, Gunner, you're unhappy because you don't want Michelle to have any creative control over the band whatsoever. And Johnny, you're unhappy because Michelle wants total control over the band's image, and you want her to get what she wants. That's it in a nutshell, Figo. So what are we going to do about it, Fruitcake? Well, I worked out the perfect solution. Michelle plays several instruments that none of the rest of us do, and she's an excellent musician, so why don't we make her a member of the band? That way, she can have creative control over the songs that she composes for us to perform, while the rest of us have control of the songs we write. After all, we could always use a fuller sound, and it means Michelle would be too busy making her own songs sound like she wants them to sound to mess around with ours. Plus, Michelle would get the creative control she wants and still get to be here with Johnny. I mean, after all, the bottom line is being creative and having fun, right? The lad has a very valid point and an excellent suggestion, boys. So what do you think? Huh? Huh? Truce? No way. Get him, Johnny. Oh! Oh! What happened? Well, Johnny tried to punch Gunner in the stomach, but he had his new glass guitar strapped on, so Johnny's fist went right through the glass and shattered the entire guitar. Uh, shards flew everywhere. Johnny's hand on Gunner's side got torn up pretty badly, but they didn't seem to feel the pain. Uh, Gunner started beating Johnny over the head with the neck of his guitar, but then Johnny punched through that with his other hand. And... Was that glass too? No, I believe it was solid granite. Anyway, I had Fig and Michelle run to call an ambulance. Oh, did you hoop in his ring? How could I have let this happen under my supervision? Does this mean we have to go to the hospital now? Yes, it does. But Friends is on tonight. Don't worry, Fred. I'll stay here and watch it for you. No, I mean I was planning to watch something else. And now, another exciting adventure of The Curtain. 
Last week on The Curtain, the evil brotherhood of fiends and latter-day anti-heroes, led by the deranged, despicable, and mean-to-kittens Dr. Nightmare, attempted to destroy the World Trade Center in an effort to wreak disaster upon world trade. Our hero, The Curtain, with the assistance of his lady love and newfound sidekick, Minnie Blinds, attempted to foil the evil schemes of the brotherhood, only to fail when Bizarro Monkey Boy, an overly hefty supervillain, sat on him. Fortunately, the Major League Super Crime Busters, a Manhattan-based team of superheroes, showed up in the nick of time and gave the evil brotherhood of fiends and latter-day anti-heroes a severe butt-kicking. When we last saw the curtain, he was still groggy from the weight and stench of Bizarro Monkey Boy's fat super simian behind, as many blinds, having been offered a position on the Major League Super Crime Busters, politely agreed that she and the curtain would join up. And away we go! Oh, where on earth am I? Curtis, you're awake and not mumbling to yourself anymore. I recognize this place. Where am I? You're in the special high-tech medical lab in the forest fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters. The high-tech medical lab in the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters? Yes, we're in the high-tech medical lab in the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters. Oh, no! But don't worry, you're not hurt seriously, just a few facial contusions. And you kind of smell like monkey, but the back team can get that. No, Debbie, you don't understand. What do you mean, Curtis? Here comes Dr. Patriot. Ah, Curtin. Nice to see you up and about. Uh, Dr. Patriot, it certainly has been a long time. I'm sorry, have we met before? Oh, uh, no, we, uh, yes, we have. I think you saved my life back when Dr. Nightmare attempted to rob the Burger King I was working at. Ah, uh, yes, the Burger King caper. I remember it like it was yesterday. Dr. Nightmare sure had a lot of maturing to do as a supervillain. Of course, I was no seasoned veteran of the battlefield either. Interesting fellow, that Dr. Nightmare. We went to medical school together. Remind me to tell you about him sometime. Anyway, are you excited to be a new member of the Major League Super Crime Busters? m m m member Didn't little Miss Minnie Blinds here tell you after you woke up? You and she are members now! Isn't it great, Curtin? Only superheroes for one day, and already we're with the most prestigious outfit in town. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, buck up, young hero! You'll fit in with us heavy hitters with no trouble, I'm sure. In fact... Tonight, we're hosting a celebratory dinner in your honor. My honor? Well, your honor, and Minnie Blinds' honor, and all the other novice heroes we're inducting into the Super Crime Busters tonight. See you then. Isn't it wonderful, Curtis? Well, I don't know. It's just... I'm so happy I could make love to you right here on top of this gunny. But, well, all right. And so, Curtis and Debbie quell their burning loins in the high-tech medical lab and head off to the celebratory dinner. Meanwhile, in court, villains scheme to free themselves. And that, Your Honor, is why my client, Dr. Nightmare, should be innocent of all charges pressed against him in the city, the state, the nation, and the world. Mr. Charles, I've taken a short recess and I've weighed heavily the issue in my head several times. I have to say that your plea, Dr. Nightmare, has not fallen upon deaf ears. But there is one crime on your record that cannot simply be dismissed as callous disregard for human life. This crime, Dr. Nightmare, is child negligence. I hereby rebuke your custody of your son, Rusty, and order that he be delivered to his mother within the next 48 hours. Court adjourned. No! Rusty, you can't take Rusty away from me. He's my soul. He's the spirit behind all of my dastardly schemes. Without him, I am but the shadow of a man. <laughs> He's the masking tape that holds me together! 
Dr. Nightmare, please, please calm down. You've got to keep it in perspective. I'll kill you, lawyer boy. Shh, don't call me that when I'm not in costume. I don't care, you stupid, puny, small genital excuse for a public defender. Billy was my pride, my joy. Rusty. Rusty was my pride, my joy. But you beat prison, and now you can work on busting the others out. He'll be happier with his mother anyway. Meanwhile, back at the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters ballroom, the celebratory dinner is well underway. Hey, what's that? Um, did you say something, announcer man? Why, no, that wasn't me, but now that you mention it, my announcer's sense was tingling for a moment or two. All right, all right, settle down, everybody. I hope you enjoyed your 30-pound steaks, courtesy of Ranchero Man from the Albuquerque branch. Anyway, it's time to get this evening's festivities underway and honor the new heroes who have undergone the rigorous selection process and found themselves as members of a little club here. Announcer Man, if you will read off the new names. Our first new hero hails from Topeka, Kansas. He possesses the uncanny ability to fly and to spit with deadly accuracy. Say hello to Spitball. Our next hero comes from our nation's capital. Gifted with the power to destroy suns and absorb planets, he works as a gopher at a Senate subcommittee. Say hello to Burnin' Intern. The third new hero on tonight's agenda has traveled here from Hollywood, California. He is a former rap artist with the power to wear baggy pants and dance like a fool. Say hello to Hammer Man. Papa. This is taking forever. When he's going to get to us? Look at your program. We're next. And now, from Manhattan, we have with us the dynamic twosome who are possessed of all the abilities to manipulate window dressing to their heroic desires. Meet the Curtain and Mini Blinds. And finally, also from Manhattan, he just walked in late because he's been busy all day keeping, in, keeping those crooks in court where they belong. Meet Lawyer Boy. Lawyer boy? Lawyer boy. Where have I heard that name before? Wasn't he partners with the Finn man? No, that's Sawyer boy. No, I know him from somewhere else. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, announcer man. And now Lady Victory will read off the names of those heroes who have died in action or resigned in disgust this year. If we may all bow our heads. Deli man, Blue Goblin, the Incredible Grinder, the Human Tooth. Green Glow Lady, Mr. Archer, Ms. Captain Amazing, The Red Button, Pizza Face Man. May they all rest in peace if they're dead or have really bad nightmares if they're just quit in disgust. Thanks, Lady Victory. Now, Benevolent Girl, read the names of the heroes who have been thrown off the team this year for outstanding embarrassingness. Thanks, Dr. Patriot. I'm happy to announce that our list has hit a new all-time low this year with just two names. The first is Harry Man, female warrior, who I, who I hear just got married, and the straight edge. Curtis, I had no idea that you were a member of the Major League Super Crime Busters as the straight edge. Yeah, well, they kicked me off. I was trying to tell you earlier. But you were the straight edge then. You're the curtain now. Just don't say anything. Maybe no one will notice. I only hope... Well, this concludes the festivities for tonight. Feel free to linger about and share drinks in the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters Lounge. Oh, and make sure you sign the Major League Super Crime Busters membership roster before you leave. Oh, Curtis, let's go do that. Oh, all right. S-H-A-M-M-Y. I love signing the membership roster after every meeting. <laughs> 
You've certainly signed it with a tremendous flourish. That's the only way a man who can absorb gallons of water without getting wet can sign his name. Well, I've just signed my name. Here's the pen, Curtin. C-U-R-T-A-I-N. There. That's odd. Uh, you signed your name in perfect block letters. The last guy who signed the roster that way was Curtis Hambonus, a.k.a. the Straight Edge. I'll be damned. You're Curtis Hambones, a.k.a. the Straight Edge. Announcer man, tell everyone that the embarrassment the Straight Edge has weaseled his way back into the league through trickery. I always give myself away. But wait, he's not the Straight Edge, he's... Attention, the salad bar will be closing in 20 minutes. The salad bar will be closing in 20 minutes. Also, our new hero, the Curtain, has been revealed to be Curtis Hambones, a.k.a. the Straight Edge, former member with the embarrassingly predictable ability to draw straight lines. Please treat him with general disdain and cruelty. I'll never live this down. Meanwhile, towards the other end of the ballroom... It's about time you let us in, lawyer boy. We've been waiting out here for an hour. So, Dr. Nightmare, I take it you busted the evil brotherhood out of jail? Yes, all of them, and also all of my old supervillain team, the Sinister Cowboys. The Sinister Cowboys? Yes, well, themes were a big thing back then, but they're tough and evil. Go in, my men. Blitzkrieg man, Bizarro announcer man, do as you have been instructed. Attention, heroic members of the Major League Super Crybusters. Your fortress has been surrounded. There are three hundred of us versus fifty of you, so each of you have to take out six of us. Oh, no. On my best day, I think I could only take out three. Damn it, Patriot. We've got to try. Attack, my evil brotherhood and my sinister cowboys. Attack with all your might. Sebi, quick, I've got an idea. What is the curtain's idea? Will the Major League Super Crime Busters be defeated once and for all? If not, will Curtis's early career in superheroics be forgiven? And so what if I am Bizarro and Outsurred? Tune in next week when you'll hear Dr. Nightmare say... We've defeated the heroes, but I can't get this hero juice stain out of my mask. And now, back to the complacence. Hello, and welcome to City General Hospital. Did you hear about the doctor who accidentally amputated the wrong leg? I think I may have... Uh... It wasn't one of ours. I mean, he was performing the operation here, but he didn't actually work for the hospital. Wait, I mean, he wasn't even a doctor. He just broke in and started sawing a leg off without even checking to see which leg he was supposed to be sawing uh, off. We're, we're here to see... The, uh... But he's certainly not working here anymore. We're here to see some people who admitted last night. Their names were Johnny Angelo and Gunner... Uh, um, Gunner... What the hostess Cupcakes is the last name? Oh, they're both in room 202. You don't forget a patient who comes in with a name like Gunner. Or an injury like a decapitation. Holy Mac Daddy! Gunner was decapitated? No, he just has massive internal injuries. I just can't forget the night we had our decapitation victim come in. That was a busy night. We're all running around like chickens with our... Anyway, room 202 is right up those stairs. Just follow the red line and you can't miss it. Oh, room 202 must be at Howard Street. No, the red line is on the floor. The red line is under the floor until it gets just north of North and Clybourne. What are you talking about? One explanation of the Chicago Transit Authority rapid transit system later... If I wasn't too weak to stand up, I'd come over there and belt you on. Yeah, and if my hospital gown wasn't wide open in the back, I'd come over there and belt you on. 
Actually, I might still do that. Michelle thinks I have a lovely derriere. Oh, there we go again with this Michelle. Michelle thinks I have a lovely derriere. Michelle thinks I drink too much water. Michelle thinks Gunner's a real jerk and should be out of the complacence. Hey, that's not true at all. Michelle says you can never drink enough water. Two gallons a day really cleans out your kidneys, she says. And that's why you should never spell it E-L. Gunner! How the heck Ramsey are ya? Oh, so you're more interested in how he is than how I am. Michelle is right. I'm not getting the respect I deserve in this band. Oh, so Michelle is right again. Well, you love Michelle so much, why don't you marry her? Maybe I will. Can we stop all this bickering? Johnny and Michelle, sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Gotta shut up! This is not Norman Schwarzkopf Elementary School, and you two aren't on the jungle gym. We wouldn't have this problem if we could afford private rooms. Michelle says there are problems with our pay scale. Listen, let me tell you something. The money you two, you keep you two here is coming straight out of the cost of the album. So you can forget recording that track live at Wembley Stadium. But it just won't sound right without British people singing along. So we'll bring in Peter Noon and, tra- and multi-track his voice or something. Peter Noon? Mr. Hammer and Sickle, why don't you ask Johnny why he wants a bunch of British people singing along anyway? Hey, yeah. Johnny, why do you want a bunch of British people singing along anyway? I think it would sound best for the song. You think it would sound best for the song? Well, Michelle thinks it would sound best for the song, and I agree with her. She knows a lot. What does she know about pop music? Pop music? What we do isn't pop music. It's serious art. Sheesh, I hate people who make little quote signs in the air with their fingers. Especially when their hands are all disgusting looking. Yeah, I talked on the phone with Michelle, and she said I shouldn't have any bandages on my hands. It's better to let the cuts and bruises be exposed to the air. Where they pick up all kinds of germs. What doesn't kill you can only make you stronger. Besides, Michelle wanted, went to medical school for a week and a half before she decided she wanted to concentrate on her music. I don't see an MD degree hanging above the wall on your bed. No, just a painting of boats in a harbor. I noticed. Those definitely aren't the colors Michelle would have, no- would, would have picked. Oh, enough! If I hear you say the name Michelle one more time, Johnny, I'll break your other leg. But my leg's not broken. Yeah, I'll break your first leg if you say Michelle twice. Boy, I'm really not feeling too good. Hey, could you guys keep it down over there? I'm trying to read. Oh, now I'm hearing voices. That sounded a lot like Fig. I was wondering who was behind that closed curtain over there. Hi, guys. Fig, you're in the hospital, too? Yeah, and if one of you would open the curtain, I could see you. I'll get it. Oh, my... What? Fig, how did you get into that position? Well, I was trying to twist myself into a Mobius strip. Well, I can see why you're having trouble reading. One of your eyes is missing. No, it's not missing. It's just, well, you probably don't want to know what I'm looking at. Why on earth were you trying to twist yourself into a Mobius strip? Well, I figured it was an easy way to clone myself. All I'd have to do is cut myself down the middle, and then there'd be two of me. It's so simple, I'm surprised no one's thought of it before. Fig, that's completely stupid. In the first place... Hey, easy on him. He's weird, and that leads to creativity. Susan thinks we should all be a little weird. Susan? Who's Susan? Mr. Creamsicle said I couldn't say my girlfriend's name, so I gave her a fake name. Just like in Dear Abby. So they know how they're going to get you out of that position? They're flying a specialist in from Germany. Oh, a doctor? No, a mathematician. Speaking of which, has anyone seen Fred? He's more trouble than a board game with a pop-o-matic bubble. I'd better go find him. Uh, before you go, could you close my curtain? I'd like to get back to my book. Say, what are you reading there? I don't know. I haven't been able to read the title yet. But I think it costs five fifty in Canada. Hi, everyone. When I heard visiting hours were from 2 to 6, I rushed right down. What's his problem? I don't know. So anyway, it's 3.30. I know, but I had to rework the arrangements for Swami Salami. Swami Salami? But we already recorded that. It was on our demo tape, and then we did it again for our album. 
but didn't you think the background vocals were just a little bit too prominent? Especially Gunner's. Oh. Well, no, Michelle. I thought it was fine. That was the recording that got us signed to a label. You can't be concerned with such petty matters anymore. With this song, you've got a chance to speak for the plight of all swamis everywhere. Listen, Harpy, that song's not about the plight of anything. It's about... Johnny, make him shut up. But, Michelle, he's got a point. Johnny! Come on, Gunner. Maybe we should discuss this at a more appropriate time. Hey, just calm down, you guys, or I'll inject you with 20 cc's of peniston. <sighs> I'm tired, Johnny. Move over so I can sit on your bed. Well, there's not a lot of room on his... Hey, Michelle, baby, you might not want to lean your elbow there. Hey, don't sweat it, Creamsicle. We cuddle like this all the time. Oh, yes, dear. Say, dear, as long as you're in the proximity of my face, could you maybe scratch this itch behind my ear? Johnny, how boring. Scratch it yourself. But I can't. My hands are all scarred up, thanks to gonna not using nylon strings. So rub the back of your head on the bedstand. But there is no bedstand, and the wall is stucco. Then that ought to do the trick. Self-administered pain is the great way to align the body and the soul. Uh, hey, Gunner, does going out with her account as self-administered? <laughs> Good one. Hey, um, uh, hey there, folks. Gunner, it's time for your surgery. And Johnny, it's time for your sponge bath. Whoa, are you sure it isn't time for my sponge bath? Golly gee, hosiery! Fig, check out the hot dame in the Red Cross. I can't see her, but I can see my reaction to her. Those candy stripes. So slimming! Nurse! Nurse! I need attention! And what's wrong with you, little man? I, uh, oh, I'm an alcoholic. Well, isn't that sweet? You silly little thing. All that means is you gotta stop drinking. But it's not just the booze. I've got an oral fixation. Is there, is there anything I could do for you? I mean, is there anything you could do for me? Well, I'm sorry. If you want help, you'll have to register at the front desk. I'm assigned to just Johnny Angelo here, and it's my job to cater to his every need and provide him with maximum comfort. How come I don't have anyone assigned to me? Oh, um, that would be me, sir. I'm going to watch them cut you open. Oh, wonderful. It's reassuring to know that a car attendant will be supervising my surgery. Now just hop up on this gurney, and I'll whisk you away. And if you want, I'll make siren noises, too. No, thanks. I'm afraid that might counteract my sedation. I'm sorry, y'all have to leave while I give Mr. Angelo his sponge bath. Johnny, I'm so sorry that you'll have to face being degraded like this. That's okay, Michelle. I'll be strong. Remember, you're still master over your own being. That nurse's control over your body can't impede your control over your soul. Don't worry about it, baby. I wish I could be there for you. Michelle, get lost. Well, I... fine. Uh, I'll be right outside if you need me, buddy boy. I'm sure I can handle it, creamsicle. Now... Now, excuse me while I draw this curtain, Fig. Oh, quite all right. Uh, the floor. Newly polished floor. Like perfect mirror. Thank you. One delightful sponge bath later. I've got to take this to be cleaned out and then see some other patients. But I'll be back really, really soon, okay, honey lamb? Okay, uh, mint jelly? Say, I think I saw Michelle leaving the hospital with a doctor. He wasn't a doctor. He was an orderly. 
This is really a great hospital. They've got tons of places to eat. I had something I've never had before, unflavored jello. And they had a bunch of little cut-up pieces of apples and plenty of boneless chicken just the way I like it. Then to wash it all down, I found a storage room with thousands of Capri Sun pouches. See? That doesn't look like Capri Sun. I guess it's some kind of generic competitor, actually. It's in these clear pouches, and all they have are these computer-printed labels. But it comes with these great long straws. The thing is, I'm not sure what flavor this is. All this one's label says is AB. I guess that stands for Appleberry. It's delicious. Want a sip? No! Uh, I guess they have you on some sort of special diet. Can I have some of that Capri Sun? Oh, uh, sorry. I just drank the last sip. Fig, is that you behind the curtain? Yeah! The Mobius strip thing didn't work out? Uh, no. Wait a minute. Where's Mr. Creamsicle and Gunner? You don't say. What? Mr. Creamsicle went to find you, and Gunner went into the operating room. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the operating room. I'm Dr. Evan Richards. You can call me ER. <laughs> Today, you will watch as we, for the first time, perform a kidney transplant between a small boy and a rock and roll musician, with both of them under local anesthesia. Hey, I asked for imported. Under local anesthesia, you will notice that patients will often make vain attempts at humor. This is completely normal. What's going on? Why are all those people watching? This is an operating theater. They're medical students. An operating theater? I must be in the front row. No, you're on stage. We start with the incision here. A kidney transplant? Am I on the giving end or the receiving end? You're in the receiving end. The receiving end? Listen, kid, don't you need your kidneys? No, after what they told us in elementary school, I'm never going to drink. But it's your liver that's affected when you drink, not your kidneys. Oh, I'm only in first grade. I don't know anything about anatomy. Oh, so have you been in the hospital long? Just long enough for them to prep me for surgery. But there are a lot of kids in the hospital who have been here for a long time. That's too bad. It is. And most of them are really depressed. The faded paintings of Captain Kangaroo characters on the wall aren't helping much. Well, you know what, little boy? I'm in a rock and roll band, and all our members are right here in this hospital. Just as soon as this operation is over, we'll play a song in the children's word for you and all your friends. And even the people I don't like? Even the people you don't like. All right, come on. Can't you get my kidney out any faster? I've been trying to explain every step in great detail as I've been going along so these medical students will know how to perform a kidney transplant. But if it's in the interest of those kids in the children's world, no problem. The students can all play sim transplant on their home computers. Yay! I just can't get enough of this Capri Sun. Fig, what happened? You're lying down normally. We figured out that to get me out of that uh, position, all we had to do was cut the scotch tape that was holding my two ends together. Hi there, everyone. Hey, look who just walked in. Wasn't he too weak to walk? Not anymore. I feel like a young boy again. Or at least one of my kidneys does. And you know something? I was talking to a boy from the children's ward, and he made me realize that even though we might be thinking that our fights were good fights, they really weren't. They were just petty squabbling. There are kids in the children's ward who are fighting the good fight every day against diseases from leukemia to tu tuberculosis to the common code. And we can help them. All of us, together. Uh, this is from the Ad Council and this station. Please don't interrupt me, Fred. What? I didn't say anything. Yeah, we should put on a show for the kids in the children's ward. That's a great idea, Johnny. Yeah, great idea. But does your girlfriend think it's good enough? 
Oh, I think it's a great idea. Here are the results of your stool sample, Johnny. It's definitely human feces. Who's this? This is my girlfriend, Nurse Hacksaw. She agrees with everything I say. It's a good thing you healed so quickly. You'll easily be able to sing to those kids, Johnny. In fact, why don't you all go upstairs right now and sing while the kids are eating dinner? I'll be up there in a bit. I have to round up more, some more drinks. Someone drank all the Appleberry Fruit Punch. One sheepish look from Fred later. All right, City General Hospital Children's Ward, we are the Complacents. Feel free to clap along to the music if you don't have a broken arm or something like that. Everybody gets a chance to win. Everybody gets a chance to win. But I heard the babies crying, and I seen those children dying. But we just need a little loving. So get your head now, get your head now, get your head right out of that oven. Another exciting episode of The Complacence. Back now in the present, here's what's coming up on the next episode. The Complacence battle a rival band, and a sitcom on the Fox Television Network is involved somehow. Until next time, this has been The Complacence Podcast. This is Mr. Announcer speaking.